0: At the stick, from who's got it better than us to brick by brick, it's always the 49ers' way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers' cutback. It's 49ers' cutback podcast time. Welcome to the show. What is up, everyone in chat? What's up, Freddie MacTray? What's up, Dan? 49ers just concluded their last preseason game with a 17-0 loss to the Houston Texans. Uh, There's a lot of interesting stuff that came out of this game. There were some good performances. Of course, there's some bad performances, but we do know that this is preseason. You're going to have to learn from this, and I have a, a pretty strong opinion you know, on, on how you handle it as a coach. Um, You never want to lose football games, but losing games in the preseason is not as serious because— Uh, when you're in those situations, it's about getting good film. Either you're getting you know, really good film because your players are executing or you're getting really good film that you can learn from, experience from. And we're going to have a lot of the latter. We're going to have a lot of times where they're going to have to learn from mistakes that they've made, but the coaches enjoy getting that film because we can work on those things. We'd rather them make those mistakes against the Houston Texans in week three of the preseason than in week one against Chicago. Now, our... Initial response is always, oh no, we suck again. Um, But just remember that that's the case. And you have some young players, Kyle Shanahan and the coaching staff is looking to evaluate those players, see who's going to make the team, so they put them in certain situations. Uh, Some of them, you know, met those expectations and really reached their potential and others did not. And I think that's what happens when you get into the preseason. Of course, just like always, make sure you leave your comments, your chats, in chat, we'll get into it. Um, Because I'm looking forward to interacting with everyone along the way. I just thought I would kind of give you guys my perspective as a former coach of how I would approach a preseason game. I can guarantee you Kyle Shannon wasn't happy with the mistakes, the penalties, and that sort of thing. But overall, execution, those are things they can work on. I think they will, and they'll get better. And and the good thing is, they have a long time to get better. They have some practices they're going to have to get to. But they have some decisions to make, too, to make this 53-man roster and that is what is coming up next. I mean, we're getting the 53-man roster coming up here pretty soon. So um, I'm going to get make sure I say what's up to everyone in chat. What is up, Lou? I hope you're having a good one. And I'll get to your comment uh, in a second. I just want to make sure. What's up, Robert? How you doing? Of course, Freddie and Dan are in here as well. Um, yeah, and so what's up, Brad? Sorry I missed you. <laughs> Brad says, not the greatest game to watch. Uh, it wasn't fun. There was lack of execution in a lot of areas. Um, there were moments, right? We had interceptions, we had big time throws, big time catches. There were things that you could get excited about. I was more excited about certain individual performances and plays that they made rather than overall totality of a game and how they played. And uh, we didn't get to see a lot of the first team. We got to see a little bit of it. Even then, it was without the defense. Was pretty much without his entire front seven, minus Samson Ebucom. I thought that was interesting. And Lou says, "What a disappointment tonight was." The team was collectively uh, collectively played poorly. I think if you want to look at the team overall, yes. Uh, but there were players who stood out. You know, I mean, I thought Samson Ebucom put together a really nice a really nice day. I saw him get positive reps in the snaps that he was in. I thought he looked really good. I thought, once again, you had uh, uh, Womack, Samuel Womack, out there competing at a high level, this time playing outside corner. Diomero Lenore was in the nickel again, so we're going to get more film on Diomero Lenore in the nickel, which is good. I thought Charles Aminahue had some pretty good snaps. So, I mean, there are there are high spots. And I think you have to give credit to Ross Dwelly. Ross Dwelly made some really tough catches today and made it at least a competition in that tight end room. Of course, uh, Tyler Croft made a couple of good plays too. So, overall, I thought there were some good performances from some players. Of course, some disappointing as well. Um, but those are to be expected, especially, you know, when you get to the end of a preseason and the end of a preseason That is three games in 12 days. That's not easy for anyone. This was a short week for the 49ers. This is usually how Thursday night football games go, even during the regular season. One team shows up, one team usually struggles, and that's how it went. Uh, Dan says at least they won't uh, be complacent going into the season. Definitely not. They know they got work to do. Freddie says uh, no starters got hurt, so we got that momentum starting the season. However, we do not know what is the unless Kyle Shannon has said already in his presser, what is going on with Tarvarius Moore? Tarvarius Moore was seen going into uh, the blue tent, and he could potentially be a starter. So if that ends up being something that, you know, keeps Tarvarius Moore out, the Niners, you know, could have a little bit of issues at the safety position because Jimmy Ward is likely to start the season on the injured reserve. Um, that was news that came out during pregame from John Lynch and something that know we're gonna have to talk about along the way because they're gonna have you know different different moves that need to be made I'm not sure Tashawn Sean Gibson did enough to make this football team today um so yeah uh, um Brad Jones says I think Trey Sermon might be done with the team I thought Trey Sermon had a decent run today I thought he had some decent runs uh but some other guys Jordan Mason had some really nice carries I feel bad for TDP. He didn't even really have an opportunity. I think he had one time where he actually had a hole that he could run through. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., though, I thought he showed himself to be well, uh, good. Made the right reads, got you know up the field vertically, and got some positive yards. I thought Jeff Wilson Jr. looked good. So, uh, what's up, shooter? Welcome to chat. Uh, yeah, and then Freddie Mac says, "Ant, what did you think of Poe?" I thought that Poe was hit or miss today. I did see a couple of a couple of times where he missed blocks in the run game which he doesn't normally do. So I think these guys were definitely pushing and stressing. I thought it was an up and down game for most of the offensive line. In fact, you know, and I thought that some of the guys that kind of started struggling a little bit last week, continued that struggle. Uh, Jordan Mills, the right tackle. I thought he struggled again. Keaton Sutherland also struggled. So I don't think that this is the game that really put Poe over the top to make this team. I think he stays on the bubble. I want to get into the film of course, but just what I saw, and it's a terrible angle, a little bit with the TV broadcast, but um, I did watch him a lot, and I thought that the film wasn't tremendous, but it was a struggle for a lot of guys. They were getting Spencer Burford for holding. You know, the one time it was absolutely legit. I mean, he did get his arm across the guy and, and get a holding call, and I think, you know, when you get beat in certain situations, you have to do what you have to do to keep those guys off of your player. So, I mean, the young guys were learning today, and they were getting pushed. To the limits and uh, for some guys it panned out and for some guys it didn't but I did think we got a somewhat of a clear idea uh, for some guys that are going to be out I think the the bubble though didn't get easier to determine especially along the offensive line and with the news about Jimmy Ward going on the IR I think the 49ers could be uh, preparing to do some interesting things as far as um, veterans and rookie players and I'll get into more of that during the week as we talk about who's going to make this 53. Uh, Shooter says even the first team offense looked off tonight. I'm in agreement. I don't think they executed at a high level. You know, I thought Trey had a couple of good throws. I thought there was that one he put in the ground that, you know, he was throwing uh, off platform that I wish he would have got up. I thought that could have been a completion for a decent play. But remember, you don't have Trent Williams at left tackle. You don't have um, Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. And unfortunately, I don't know if we're going to have Mike McGlinchey against Chicago. So it could be McKivis as the starter. But I think not having Trent Williams is very important. So the advantage you have of knowing he can you know, take care of somebody like Hughes on the outside, they wouldn't have to worry about it. He can handle him, which means you can use the other four guys to take care of the other three defensive linemen that are pass rushing. I think that's always something that's important. So when you take one of those guys out, it makes it a little bit more difficult. And you know, they went out there with Jalen Moore, and Jalen Moore is coming off injury. And he did not have a great day. He Was struggling laterally. I mean, Hughes went inside on him that one time. It was not a good look. So I think the four yards dude definitely did have some players along the offensive line struggling, especially their young guys that are still learning. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of what we're looking at. And shooter's not wrong. They didn't look great. Um, KDR says Sudfeld wouldn't have stumbled on that last play. I thought Sudfeld struggled today. I thought that uh, Brock Purdy had moments. I thought both of them had moments, but. Uh it, it overall it wasn't great for them either. Dan Rossick says when the O-line got getting blown up, yeah, it's hard to judge your running back. That's the case. And those plays where there's not a hole, you just have to throw those away because there's really nothing you can do about those situations. If there's not a place for him to run, I mean there were times those running backs were getting hit as they were getting the football. It wasn't a good look. And that's kind of what we saw a little bit last week from Donovan West when he was getting pushed back. So it's a little bit of a struggle. Uh, Brad Jones said, I'd feel good if our running back room uh, went healthy is Mitchell, Wilson, Mason, and either Hasty or TDP. I think that's what it's going to be. You know, I really do. I think it's going to be uh, Mitchell, Wilson. I don't know about Mason. I'm still on the, the fence about him. I do know it will be TDP. So it's going to come down to Mason, Hasty, and Trey Sermon. And they might ultimately have to move on from Trey Sermon. So we'll see if they do. I think that is a, a big one. And Michael Humphrey coming with. Uh, everybody relax. We are coming off three games in 17 days plus training camp in their Um, yeah, their bodies are dead. We are fine. Trust me. Their bodies are tired. I, I agree. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan's, you know, between third and fourth quarter, he says, we're trying to get through this game. I mean, yeah, you want to see all those players get good film that are out there, but you want to get through healthy. He did. I mean, he took out Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk and these guys after two series, he didn't even let him spend with the extra series that Trey Lance was out there. So he's definitely about keeping these guys healthy. He feels that he can get them uh, ready. And he probably feels that they, they did really good against Minnesota in those joint practices. So he's not worried about this last preseason game against the Texans. I think it was more important to get some uh, extra snaps for Trey Lance. Um, Lou says Trey Sermon. Did not learn anything from last week about being decisive, especially on fourth and short, and doesn't run with any aggression. I have to agree. I disagree because I thought Trey Sermon's run, he ran with aggressiveness, and he actually uh, dropped the shoulder and ran over someone. I think that play right there showed it. Uh, I don't think you get that consistently from Trey Sermon. So, Lou, if you say that's consistently you don't get that from Trey Sermon, I would agree. But on that one particular carry, I thought that was – Kind of what everyone wants from Trey Sermon is that aggressive style to go get that first down. And I thought that was the time he kind of showed that aggressiveness and got after it. So I did like that one. And Robertson, just to clarify, I don't think that Givens is on the uh O-line, huh? Just to think both the O-line and Givens were the worst part of the game for me. Uh Givens was struggling. And part of the reason that your interior defensive lineman, Hassan Ridgeway, Kevin Givens, or pretty much whoever they put out there, including Kevin Atkins, was struggling is they were double teaming at the point of attack and pressing those guys to second level. Now, that is difficult when those guys can't hold ground. So you're missing Armstead, you're missing Javon Kinlaw. Those guys can hold their ground and then allow the linebackers to make plays. If you're able to do that, then an offense is going to go away from that technique because the offense ultimately doesn't want to only be able to occupy two defensive linemen with four offensive players. But if they're able to get a push, and a push enough to get in the way of the linebackers and get that initial surge, then you can make plays. Now, if Kinlaw and Armstead stuff that initial double team, those linebackers can flow free and make those plays. And I thought that was a really big part of this game, was not having Kinlaw, Armstead, or the starting linebacker group. I think having those guys in the front seven, they would have stopped the Houston Texans' offense, which would have made this defense look so much different. Uh, overall, this wasn't the starting defense for the 49ers, so I'm less worried about the defense. I am a little bit concerned about offensive growth, but I think this line can continue to grow. So I'm just going to keep taking a, a wait-and-see uh, approach. A longtime Niner fan says, I wonder if Bank starts week one. I do think, I do think he's going to start uh, week one uh, because I believe that when it comes down to it... Um, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Jess, for the Super Chat. 3K day, baby. Oh, we did get to 3K, so a little bit of that. 49ers cutback has made it to 3K, so thank you, everyone that watches, everyone that listens on traditional platforms. We really appreciate you helping us get to 3K. That that mission is over. We've, we've made it to 3K, pushing onward and upward. So thank you so much, Jess, for the 499, 499 Super Chat, Uh, letting everyone know that we made it. It's, it's a good day in that regard for sure. Um, and then as far as banks, I think he's just been consistent. Uh, I don't think banks has put together like mauling plays or plays. You're like, wow, Aaron banks is that guy like Jason Poe has, or like Spencer Burford has, but he's been a model of consistency. Now I saw a couple of struggles in this game, which I can't wait to get into the film and see why, but I also seen a great play. There was a play that he took a guy all the way down and washed him all the way across and put him on the ground. And those are plays that I want to see from Aaron Banks. And he's the reason that that play worked and happened. So I think that Banks will be the starting left guard. I think that there was some conversation about somebody potentially coming in there and pushing him. But I don't think Poe put together a game today that makes you think he could go in there and overtank Aaron Banks. I think questions are, where is Daniel Brunskill going to play? Because Brunskill could be healthy by week one and has the ability to play all five positions If you feel Brendel's doing a good enough job at center, does does Brunskill start at right tackle? I think that's something to monitor as we continue to move forward. So let's see. uh, uh, E. Boris says, or L. Boris says, Purdy quarterback too. I think there's a lot of conversation for that. I thought that, um, I thought Boris that, you know, Brock Purdy had some really good plays. I thought he had some rookie plays, but I mean, he, he showed off. He showed himself to be an NFL caliber quarterback. What the 49 ultimately decide to do is, I guess, up to Kyle Shanahan. I still think he's going to end up rolling with Nate Sudfeld. I think he's going to go with a veteran that understands the offense, and he believes he can get Brock Purdy to the practice squad for the reason that Brock Purdy uh, is probably not going to get picked up onto, you know, claimed in waivers, because he would have to be on a 53-man roster for another NFL team. I just don't think they're going to do that. So uh, that would be my guess um, that they're still going to go that way. But, of course, you know, Sunday I'm going to put out The Project 53, everyone will get to see what my 53-man prediction will be for the 49ers. Of course, they have to decide by Tuesday who's going to be on the 53-man roster. So be on the lookout for that. I'm going to get into that for sure. Uh, Lou says, Jalen Moore is not a tackle and McKivitt is not a very good tackle. Banks looks like his feet are stuck in the mud. Willis won't be on the team after tomorrow. Um, I think that, you know, and you're talking about Willis. Are you talking about Jordan Mills? I, I think you're talking about Jordan Mills. I don't think Mills is going to make the 53 man roster. I have thought for a while that Jalen Moore makes more sense as a guard. I think Colton McKivitt, the training camp that he had, he's proven to be a sufficient right tackle. I think they'd rather have Daniel Brunskill be that right tackle and start. We'll see if that happens. We could always wake up tomorrow and find out that Daniel Brunskill is going to end up being the starting right guard, even though I think Burford's had himself one heck of a training camp. Just never know what's going to happen with with Kyle Shanahan and Chris Forster in this offense. So, I think there's still some decisions to be made, but overall I've been pretty happy with how they've played through, you know, two of the three games. So, I'm not going to get too worked up about one really, you know, struggling performance. I want to see how some of these guys look. I want to see how many bad reps we got from each one of them if they were because of, you know, a miscommunication between guys as far as a uh, scheme or if there were technique reasons or maybe they were just doing something, they were just can't anchor. I want to see what it is. Is it a physical? Is it technical? Or is it scheme? And let's see what is up with this offensive line. That's one something I'm excited to see over the next uh you know few days as we start getting this film out there. Hey says, I didn't realize Brock Purdy and Chubba Purdy were were brothers. It Ch- did not know Chubba Purdy existed, to be honest with you. Uh so I can't really comment on that too much. Um Brad Jones says, I wouldn't be surprised to see Sermon traded before a roster countdown. It are cut down, it could be. I mean, they could look. I worry about guys getting traded because of Kenyon Drake, and I know Drake was making a lot of money, so maybe Sermon, you know, being on a rookie, you know, contract, he might be appealing to somebody. Maybe that's the case, uh, so we'll see. Um, Rooster says a collapsing O-line always makes a great quarterback look terrible, and I thought actually Trey navigated through that pressure pretty well. He extended the plays. He got outside the pocket. Um, besides him climbing that one time and not being able to throw off platform, which is a tough throw, I thought pretty much he handled it well. He got sacked one time, but he had nowhere to go. Uh, the elusiveness of Trey Lance was on display. I liked that about him. So I thought he saw something different uh, than what he had saw in his first matchup against Green Bay. Uh, and I thought he handled it the best he possibly could. So um, I like that. And let's see, we have a super chat from 49er Faithful Mom. Thanks, 49er Faithful Mom. We're saying congratulations on hitting 3K. I really appreciate that for you, our faithful mom. So thank you for the super chat. Uh It's it's really nice. I, I appreciate it. And, and thank you so much for acknowledging 3K. That is great. Uh Hugo says, and thank you Freddie Mac Dre for acknowledging congrats on 3K. I really appreciate that as well. Hugo says they could dangle a running back for some help along the O-line. I don't know if they're really going to reach out for O-line. I know this game makes you think. You know, and I'm I'm included that you want to look at all offensive line options, but I think we have to remember that these are young guys that are developing. These guys are are learning from Chris Furster. And just to say that we had Spencer Burford potentially being a starter is impressive. He's a fourth round pick. These guys were bound to make mistakes. Now, guys like Mills, Sutherland, uh Justin Scuole, those guys have been around. Those guys don't have the same leeway that a Burford, a Poe, uh Zakel donovan west have so you want them to make plays even Jalen moore you know he should have that opportunity to make mistakes as well so i think these young guys got put to the test today and now they're going to have a lot of great teaching film to learn from chris forrester is going to get after these guys and they're going to work on the things that they need to work on and hopefully it'll help them get to the same page uh during practice because that's important heading into chicago but i'm not really um Concerned about them getting away from it. And, and thanks so much, Rooster, for saying uh, thanks for 3K as well. I really appreciate that. Brad Jones says, Banks starts for sure week one, especially with Silverback playing. I'm with you. I agree. I think if Poe would have went out there and just had a tremendous game today, that there would have been a conversation about it, especially with Poe getting first team reps. But I thought Banks has been the model of consistency through two games. Uh, so even with a bad performance or a struggling performance, which I don't know exactly what his sheet looks like, how many pressures he gave up, how many missed blocks, which I'm sure we're going to find out, especially I'm going to turn on that film and watch him. And I think then we'll have a better idea of Banks's, you know, how he's developing, but I think he's the day one starter. I think they're really comfortable with Banks. I think more decisions are on the right side, especially the unknowns about Mike McGlinchey, because if Mike McGlinchey is not out there and, and, and starting, you might have to roll with Colton McKivitz, which means the right side of your offensive line could be rookie Spencer Burford and Colton McKivitz. I think that would make me a little bit nervous, uh, just because they haven't played a whole lot together either. Freddie Mac Dre says, uh, I have no confidence in Poe over Banks right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I, I didn't think it was gonna happen. I was on with John Chapman over on his Patreon um earlier this week. it was and I told him the same thing. Like I just I thought Banks was um just more consistent and had proven it. And did he have the flash plays? No. But I thought overall that's what you kind of expect from Banks. He's just not a flashy guy. He's more of a get-it-done guy, and I'm hoping that he's going to develop because these are really significant snaps for him. Uh, Brad Jones... Uh, sorry, WTM, let me get to you real quick. Do you like Trey's mobility tonight? He dodged, like, three sacks. Yeah, I touched on that. I loved it. Uh, that was great. Brad Jones says, Brunskill, right tackle, I'd be okay with. Who, who would have thought we'd be missing Tom Compton? That's the truth, you know? I mean, Tom Compton ended up being... Very significant. And that's why I like to trust Chris Furster uh, and what he does with the offensive line, because when it comes to Furster, he's brought in guys. You know I mean? Tom Compton was, was one of their guys. It was somebody that they always counted on and everyone questioned when he came in, but then uh, he really played well. So I think you're excited about that, you know, potential of one of these other guys stepping up. Now I don't think it's going to work out with Sutherland. I, I just haven't seen it from him, especially at center. Uh, Daniel Brunskill needs to be the backup center right now. If they go with Jake Brendel, that needs to be what it is. Uh, Robert says, bro, was really impressed with Purdy's heads. Uh, some rookie, has some rookie mistakes, but I think he still looked good, especially how he evaded pressure. I agree. I- I'm with you. I think Purdy had his moments where he looked good. He does not look like a rookie quarterback, which is great. I thought that he showed, showed himself to be a pretty uh, good quarterback in the NFL I just don't know if he's going to be able to get claimed for the mere fact, most teams already have a starter and already have a backup. So I think he could get to the practice squad. And I think that's what the Forty yards would ultimately like to do because then Purdy can sit and develop. And then if you want to move on from Nate Sudfeld next year, Brock Purdy slides right into behind Trey Lance. Plus then you get Brock Purdy running your scout team all year you Can come in there on the practice squad and run all the practices from the quarterback position. The same way Trey Lance was pushing people a little bit last year nate sudfeld so i think that's something they'd be excited about uh but i thought purdy showed himself to be a very good quarterback uh during the and i'm saying very good for what we were expecting from a seventh round pick i don't think he's like starting caliber or anything like that i think he's proving that he could be a backup quarterback in this league and he could continue to develop and i think that's all you want especially from a, a player that was picked 262nd uh shooter says yeah uh purdy looked good uh, lots of people are really enjoying what Purdy did. Kyle basically just said not making much of Trey's game due to the offensive line issue. I think that's fair. I mean, the offensive line didn't exactly give him the most time. There were some some issues with that. I mean, there were times they gave him one of those Olay blocks. Uh, just don't even get a hand on it. And uh, Brad Jones says Kyle just confirmed Jimmy Ward starting on IR missing Broncos and Rams games. So the Four ers do need to make sure their safety position is locked down. What that safety position is going to look like will be interesting. I have an interesting, I, I think they're going to have to handle this uh, a certain way because they can't put him on IR until after um, the 53 man roster officially comes down or he'd be lost for the season. So he's going to be on the roster as of August 30th. After that, then he will get moved to the IR and the 49ers will bring someone back who that will be. I don't know. Will it be Tayshon Gibson? If they release Gibson he, has, he he can't get claimed on waiver, so he could come back. Um, if they release Hawkins, he could get picked up by somebody else, but they could also keep Hawkins on the roster. So it's going to be interesting what they decide to do there and how they use some of these veterans uh, to be able to keep some of their young players. Because I think they do want to keep guys, because I hate to throw this out there, but I would not be surprised if Mike McGlinchey doesn't also end up on the short-term IR. I'm hoping not. I'm really hoping not. But I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. And if that's the case, once again, he has to be on the 53-man roster on August 30th. And then after that, they can move him to the IR and make another move. Um, So that'll be interesting. Dan says, at this point, I don't really care who's the backup quarterback. Just don't keep three quarterbacks on the 53. I'm with you. I don't think they're going to keep three quarterbacks. I think it will be two. And right now, they have four quarterbacks. And they still have to decide. But Jimmy Garoppolo, if you didn't forget, uh, don't worry. Kirk Herbstreet was going to remind you the entire game that Jimmy Garoppolo was still on the quarterback. Over there practicing on a side field away from the team. Um, so if you if you forgot, don't worry, Kirk Kirk's got you. He, he's gonna let you know. Uh says, I think Brendel um played uh play well, played well tonight. I prefer to see Brunskill at right tackle if McGlinchy can't go. I thought Brendel did pretty good too. I want to watch him a little bit, but uh, there was one moment where uh Kirk Kirby kind of threw Brendel under the bus for missing a block, and then I watched it and was like, wait, uh no, Brendel made his block on this one. So I think sometimes, you know, guys. Uh, get blamed for things, but I thought overall, Brendel, Sp- Spencer Burford, and Banks, usually on their combo blocks, and things, um, have looked pretty good, uh, they've worked well together, so I think, I think those guys will be okay, and I think Brunskill, playing right tackle, is a possibility, even though, 49 have showed tremendous faith, in Colton McKivitz all throughout training camp, and he looked good, I mean, he, he did look good, all throughout training camp, he wasn't really struggling, so, um, I, I did like him, and Mr. Corey says, they're stubborn, they're not, Reaching out for O lineman. This is the results of the year of under investment on the O line. Uh, first first round pick, for a sec for one second, and zero third round picks in six years of drafts. Um, and you know, the news came out today that JC Treder had retired. So, Mr. Corey, your dream of JC Treder playing for the 49ers has come to an unceremoniously uh drastic end. I'm so sorry. Uh I, I honestly think it had to have something to do with the knees. I did not see you. What he ended up saying was the reason why he put in his retirement papers, but um, it it had to be that. And Maybe teams were kind of understanding of what that was already. Uh, That's the only thing that made sense to me. So when it comes down to it, he ends up uh, retiring. Brad Jones says, was Lakin a flashy guy? Nope, but he was pretty damn solid left guard. That's exactly the case. He was very solid, and that's what I'm hoping Banks ends up being. A guy that has a a little bit of, of rough patches here and there, but stays consistent, builds on those reps and gets better, and then maybe one day we can talk about him uh, in some of the same ways. Um, so maybe that's possible. What's up, SG Sports Talk? I hope you're having a good one. I uh, said, hi, hi, how's it going? Uh, Robert says, what did you think of Sermon getting most of the snaps in the first half? I thought they were going to split evenly snaps with Mason. Yeah, I thought that they gave I thought they gave Mason a good run, and they gave him a run ahead of TDP. And I think part of the reason they gave him a run ahead of TDP is they don't have any concerns about keeping TDP on this roster I think they believe TDP is going to be on the San Francisco 49ers 2022 you're not going to get rid of a a current third round pick so he'll be there I think that um, Thurman getting reps they wanted to make sure they gave him a fair shake Uh, they wanted to get Jeff Wilson Jr. some action because he hasn't got any in the preseason yet so I thought they held um, pretty good on the running back reps Um, but it did seem like they gave Trey Thurman a good run I think they wanted to take a look I mean if you're going to go ahead and move on from a you know a third round pick like Trey Sermon, you better make sure that you give all the reps you can give, because uh, if not, then uh, you know you, you just you're just not leaving any stone unturned. So you're gonna go ahead and, and get it done there. Um, and SG says, what are your thoughts on Brock Purdy? I think Brock Purdy is a a solid third string quarterback who could develop into a backup quarterback in this league. I think he's got a lot of potential. I'd like to see him next year and the year after. I think he would, you know, it would serve him well to be on a practice squad and get a lot of, you know, get a lot of practice reps, uh, maybe running a scout team. But I don't think that he overtook Nate Sudfeld. And I think Sudfeld did leave the door open for him a little bit. uh, But Purdy, you know, didn't quite get all the way done. But I think they like both of those guys. And I do too. So I I think that that would be good. Um, And then Brad Jones says, I couldn't tell who you were, who are starting tackles for the game. The starting tackles for the game were Cole McKivitz and Jalen Moore. Uh, Moore had just come back from the injury. McKivitz they held him out last week because they planned on starting him this week. He looks to be the week one starter, of course. We know Trent Williams start started left tackle, but that's how they rolled. And I thought Jalen Moore looked rusty. Yeah, he looked he looked like he was struggling a little bit. Uh, that was a concern, but, I mean, he could get it better. He could get better. Uh, Bomber T says, well, no sugarcoating. Trey had a bad day. Um, I didn't see it the same way, Bomber T. I thought that he had moments... Um, like that first one where he got outside the pocket and he threw on the move. It was a nice pass. And I thought he created, so there were up and down. So I think that, you know, I think there are moments you could definitely look at it it's like, oh, that wasn't the best. Um, but I think he showed some of his elusiveness. I want to go back and look at the, you know, the fourth and short where he runs the ball to Trey Sermon. I wonder if he was supposed to keep on that. If that was his own read, uh, I do want to see that one for sure. Uh, cause I think if it was a read option, I think he should have pulled and ran, but, um, we'll see. And uh, Mr. Corey says, WTF, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I saw it today uh, because of all the conversations about J.C. Treder, As soon as it happened, Jay Hill sent me the message right away. He's like, hey, man, do you see this? So, yeah, I've been paying attention. Uh, Rooster says, how many starters did the Texans have in that first O? They had a good, a pretty good amount. I'm pretty sure the, they were missing two offensive linemen. They were missing Justin Britt, the center, and they were missing Laramie Tunsell, their tackle. Those two guys were definitely not playing. Um, And I mean, it probably would have made it even more difficult on the 49ers, Uh, but they did go out there and play the other guys. I didn't didn't see them play Brandon Cooks as well, which I was kind of hoping we were going to see because I wanted to see some of these young corners against him. There were reports that they were playing everybody, but they did not play everybody. And Hugo G says, so Tuesday, 1 p.m. is the day. Yeah, it's the day. You know, I'm going to try to go on live and, and and talk about it when it happens. So if you're available, hop on to chat that day, Tuesday, uh, and we'll talk about the 49-53 as it comes through. It's going to be interesting to see what decisions they make. I'm sure we're going to go through all the emotions where, like, yeah, that's expected. Ooh, okay, that was a little bit surprising. And what the heck were they thinking? Uh, so, yeah, I think that that's a possibility uh, that we'll get all those emotions in there for sure. And Rooster says it seemed that the Niners were overwhelmed due to the Texans putting a lot of starters with a few rookies. Uh, I think they they were, once again, there was a little bit of scheme that went into it for the Houston Texans. I don't think the 49ers game planned a lot for this. They just went through, the you know, going through plays, running their base offense like they've continued to do throughout um, training camp in the preseason. And I think that that continuation just made it so um you know they were finding finding their guys you know they're trying to get guys to get work and what's up luke welcome to chat um let's see mr cory's oh wait brad jones says i think the only question for jordan mason is what number will he be wearing week one against the bears don't see him staying with 41 yeah that's interesting i guess it depends on who else gets released and what numbers are available uh what number jordan mason ends up wearing mr Corey's says tar isn't doing well in philly Harry might get cut hope that happens and we can pick him back up if he was to get released by Philly, I think the 49ers would pick him up in an absolute heartbeat uh, and slot him in as a starting safety. And uh, I think you would roll with it. So um, Tommy says Banks doesn't seem to fit the system. I think he's looked pretty good. I thought he's he's looked overall pretty good over the first two weeks. Uh, of course, you know, I didn't watch him the entire game today. I know there were some misses. Uh, but to me, he's been uh, pretty consistent. So I think overall, just seeing that consistency is is really nice. And SG says, I really like your 49ers cutback logo. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Uh, Big time. Luke Luna says, Dwelly is making this team. I've been saying his blocking is good enough and his pass catching is far above the others. I would ask Luke this, um, because Dwelly had himself one heck of a day and he's had a pretty good preseason. Who then is making it with them? Is it Charlie Warner and George Kittle? And then are you cutting Tyler Croft? Because Matt Miyoko has been saying the Niners may keep four tight ends. That would surprise me. But I think Tyler Croft has done enough to make this football team. Um, so I'm I'm very interested in what you have to say, Luke, um, about who makes it. Because, I mean, I think they got a lot of options. And I think every one of those guys have done good enough to make this team. I think it just goes on personal preference of the coaching staff, who they feel has done better in all areas. But I thought Croft had, you know, I mean, that one catch he made, caught the ball and ran for that first down was fantastic. Jwellery had a lot of great catches. But you have Warner coming back from injury as well. So, um, it's, it's interesting. It it really is. Um, and Tommy says he's agreeing. Dwellie's a dog. I'm convinced he likes him. So there, there you go. Um, WTM says, what's your biggest concern about the offense in week one? I think it's just rhythm. You know, I just want to see Trey Lance get, get in rhythm. And I think the way that that rhythm is going to start is by getting the run game going, because I think if you get the run game going, then it's gonna make it easy. You see the way that they're able to run play action, get Trey Lance outside of the pocket, um, create these you know opportunities for him to get the ball out quickly, um, and then let the, his playmakers make plays. And I think that's what they want to do. But he's also got to be consistent over the middle of the field. He threw that one a little bit low to Malik Turner, and you know that's something that he's got to make sure he gets that ball up so uh, Turner has the ability to catch it and run. So I think there's some development things that still need to to go on there. But it's all about getting in rhythm. It's all about that flow, and once you start rolling on offense and getting a rhythm, I think Trey Lance will pick up. Um, so that's the most important thing, and I'm conv- I'm just a little bit nervous that they'll get off to a slow start, and I think that could be uh, rough for them if it's just like the offense isn't clicking. They have so many playmakers. Now, I think Kyle will scheme it up. He'll get the ball in the Debo Samuel's hands. He'll run the ball with Trey Lance. He'll get the ball to George Kittle, and I think they'll create some opportunities to get points early, so I have a lot of faith in Kyle Shanahan getting this offense going and knowing what they need. But so that's what it's about, just getting that rhythm. Let's see. Lewis says, and this offseason, we had money to acquire offensive line talent, but Kyle and Lynch being fixated on getting a return for Jimmy Garoppolo have really put the offensive line, especially Lance, behind the eight ball. Uh, they definitely did have the money if they moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, uh, They could have went out and acquired you know, some offensive linemen, uh, they definitely could have, you know, and they have Trent Williams already. They felt like they had Mike McGlinchey, two guys that are, you know, high draft picks that they've they've sunk a lot of financial uh, money into, and they felt like they could overcome the Alex Mack retirement with other players. And uh, I thought they, I think they thought Daniel Brunskill was going to go in there secure that spot, and he got hurt and he wasn't able to. And Brendel played pretty well, but you know, they also hit on some of these young guys potentially if they continue to develop. And remember, it was just last week, we were still talking about how good Spencer Burford was. Uh, I don't want to turn my back on Spencer Burford because he potentially had a bad performance. I want to remember that these young guys are still growing. But let's go ahead and see what they do in the first block of the games. But you're right, Lou. I mean, they they could have had money financially to go acquire some offensive linemen. And they felt that that wasn't the financial investment they needed to make. Um, we'll see. Overall, if that ends up you know, biting them in the butt or if they made a good decision If they end up, you know, with some of these young players stepping up and making plays for them. So uh, it it could be. Uh, Brad Jones says, what do you think of Drake Jackson flag? I thought it was soft. I did not think that was a penalty. I agreed with, you know, the referee that they had come on. I can't remember which one it was. uh, Who said he hit him with the shoulder in the chest. I thought that's exactly what it was. I've seen a lot of people saying it was a penalty on Twitter. I didn't think so. I thought it was a a good clean hit. It happened right after the throw um, came out. The head wasn't involved at all. He didn't launch himself to hit him it was just davis Mills got rocked by a really big strong physical player that happens uh so yeah i didn't really have a problem with it and robert says no nah, i like croft uh warner yeah i like croft as well i i like his blocking and i think he presents himself as a really really good receiver i think he could be big for trade in the red zone that's one of the reasons i'm i'm excited about him uh tdp was a reach and i'm not in, impressed sorry Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's been impressive. I thought he's had moments. Uh, The one run last week I thought was tremendously impressive. Stiff arm, D-Lyman, make a guy miss, run over another guy. There's not many players in this league that can do that, and he showed that. So has he showed that he needs to develop? Yeah. Has he showed flashes? Absolutely. Um, And I think he's a lock to make this roster because he's a third-round pick. But I think that, you know, he's definitely still got some development. He does. But I think he's going to be the short yardage back for this team. And I think that that's one thing they're going to rely on him to do. And I think that's a role he can fit this year. And then maybe, you know, he'll continue to grow. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Mr. Corey says, Ombre Thomas will be a surprise cut. Wow, that would be big. Um That would be really, really big. Um Tommy says, Croft practice squad. I don't think Croft would end up on the practice squad. I'm telling you right now, Tyler Croft would play for one of these other teams in the NFL. I mean, the 49ers players that are getting waived and released or ending up on other rosters. And I think Tyler Croft would be no different. I think there would be a lot of value for him because he's he's healthy now. And this is a guy that's, you know, had a, a lot of production when he was with the Cincinnati Bengals or had three red zone touchdowns when he was with the Buffalo Bills. I, I just don't see it. And, you know, I mean, maybe it will be Warner, Dwelly, and Kittle, you know, like, like Tommy's saying, and that could be the case. I'm just saying Tyler Croft has done enough to make this football team. The amount of reps that Tyler Croft got, uh, with the first team when George Kittle wasn't practicing. Uh, there was a lot. They're definitely high on Croft. I think it's a tough decision. I really do, and I wouldn't be surprised if it goes any you know any way. Um, I just think Croft has done enough to make this team. Uh, Brad just says, who's more likely to clear waivers, Dwelly or Warner? Or does Croft go unsigned and go straight to the practice squad? So um, my belief is actually that Dwelly and Croft, if they were released, um, have enough accrued seasons that they could go sign wherever they want. Uh, both of them would be released, not waived. Charlie Warner would have to clear waivers. I don't believe Charlie Warner would clear waivers, which makes it more likely for Dwelly or Croft to be released. Um, so, if you wanted to get them to the practice squad, you could, you know, you could work out some sort of a deal with them, you know, to make sure that they come back after you make other roster moves. If you felt that, that was something they do, maybe that's something they do with Dwelly. They have had him around here for a long time. Um, but I thought, you know, and, and Luke says if you want a pure blocking. Tied in. you keep warner but Croft's hands look good and he's uh proven to be warner would be high longer croft stay yeah i mean warner had that good catch up the sideline i thought that was a nice catch i thought trey actually led him a little bit he was able to pull it in get up the sideline get positive yards um so yeah and long time niner fans run game as usual crucial for us kyle shanahan as long as kyle shanahan is going to be the offensive coordinator they're going to really really count on the run game and it sets up his entire offense it creates voids in the defense. Um, so so there you go. Mr. Corey says, what O-lineman could they have acquired with Garoppolo's money outside of Treader? I'm not sure, but I know there was some guys out there. Um, I would have to look go look back and see who it was. I'm sure there were some guys that were available that they could have went out and got. At the time, I didn't think they were going to, and they really didn't. Uh, WTM says, Womack. What do you think about Womack tonight? I think Womack continues to make plays. He just gets in the mix. I wasn't a huge fan of the pass interference call. I thought he did try to get his eyes around. Uh, Torrey Castrofield's pass interference call. Like, I get it. It's an underthrown ball. But um, the one that for Samuel Womack I didn't like. But I did like the other one playing in the slot. He covered the guy. He was sticky on him. He knocked the ball away. Mm-hmm. Tavares Moore gets the pick. So uh, Womack continues to impress. I, I like Samuel Womack. I think he's in line to be starting nickel corner for the 49ers. Um, but I also thought De'Amar Lenore uh, continued to... You know, be one of those guys you could count on. So they gave Tariq Castro Fields a ton of snaps. Uh so I'm I'm happy for him. I'm very happy for him. And what's up, Matthew Rowley? Welcome to chat. thing. it is a ugly game. Longtime Niner fans says need more tight two tight end sets. I wonder how many t- two tight end sets you're gonna get when you have players like Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk on the field, uh blocking like Juwan Jennings. It's actually to me more important to run less two tight end sets. Because Jawan Jennings matching up with a nickel corner presents you with a a chance to win in the blocking game. Putting a tight end on a linebacker is tougher to win. What do you want? You know, you want Ross Duoli on a, on Bobby Wagner, you know, or do you want Jawan Jennings on their nickel corner? To me, that creates a, a nice matchup for the 49ers. And I think that's sometimes what they're gonna go to. Um, I think it's gonna be a mixture of a bunch of things. Kyle wants to give him a bunch of different looks, keep the motions going. Um, So that way he can, uh, you know, get the guys in the right positions to be successful. And that's what it's really, really about. And Tommy comes through with being undefeated in preseason is not good. Look at the Lions in 2016. Yeah, winning, you know, winning out in the preseason isn't always the best situation. You're going to lose games, especially on short weeks like today. It wasn't surprising young players adapting to playing on a Saturday and then playing on a Thursday. I'm sure it wasn't easy for them. So I'm sure there's some sort of adjustment for some of those guys. Um, Lou says we better hope our starting defense is as good as advertised because they're going to have a tough job carrying this team until things, uh, gel. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, right. Maybe it it could be the fact that they could gel quicker than we think. Um, we haven't seen this first unit together besides practice, you know, when they were out there at practice, they did a pretty good job and they were playing against that number one defense and that defense that's really good. Um, so I want to, I want to take a wait and see approach. I think you know, after watching this game, it'd be easy to overreact and just say, you know what, this offensive line is no good. You know, we don't have the guys there. Um, we're in we're in a lot of trouble. Or we can just say, you know what, uh, they had a couple of good performances over the last two weeks. This one wasn't as good. Let's see what they do against Chicago. Let's see what they do against Seattle. And you know what? If you get to Chicago and Seattle and they're playing bad again, uh it's more that's the time you can push the panic button. But I'm just taking a wait-and-see approach because I've seen this before with Kyle Shanahan's teams. It was last year the 49ers started 2-4, and struggling along that offensive line. Execution was an issue, and then they figured it out. They got it together, and they started winning football games, and I think that that can happen for these guys because these guys are young. You know, Spencer Burford, if you would have saw him the first day of practice, there is absolutely no one uh, that saw him that first day of practice that thought you were going to get this good of Spencer Burford that you've been seeing over the last few weeks. He's looked really good. He's developed so much. And I think that's why I'm so encouraged by these guys. I really am. Let's see. Luke's aunt. I do like Croft, but he's older and Dwelly is a healthy, younger option. You, uh, do you keep Croft just to have him for a couple years? I think it's about this year. You know, I, I really do. I mean, Ross Dwelly's on a one-year contract. Tyler Croft's on a one-year contract. Uh, it's, it's about putting together. The only one that is under contract for a couple more years and is young is Charlie Warner. Everybody else is on one-year deals. Troy Fumagalli, one-year deal. Uh, it's George Kittle, Charlie Warner that are contracted you know, through this season and next. Uh, so you're when you're looking at one-year deals, you're just looking at guys that can help you right now. Neither one of them make a tremendous amount of money. They're both cheap. So you're just looking to keep the best guy, the guy you feel that can help your team the best this year. Now, Ross Dwelly, uh, as much as you know, I have been kind of you know, in the favor of Tyler Croft, I'll say this. Dwelly looked good today. And he does provide the opportunity for him to play fullback in a pinch for Kyle Uzczyk. Versatility is always something that Kyle Shanahan likes. So I like to look at both you know avenues of each player. I just thought overall consistently from the beginning of training camp until now, Tyler Croft has had an overall more consistent tight end play. But Ross Dwelly showed out, you know, and, and that gets people's attention. I'm sure it's gonna get the, the coaches' attention too, because this is the this is the Ross Dwelly we saw in 2019. This is the Ross Dwelly we were all excited about. we were like, you know what, if George Kittle's out, it's okay, we got Dwelly. And so I think that's exciting, a lot of people, and I'm okay with that. Brad says, I think we're all overreacting to the O-line issues today. I think they were very fatigued from the the travel and the short breaks between games. Could be. You know, and I that's what I want to get into. I want to see, and I'm sure, you know, once more of the film comes out, there'll be a lot of people breaking down film of, of the games. And I think we'll get a really good understanding. Of course, PFF will put out their grades. You'll start to see the stats, you know how many missed blocks and all that. Uh, so I think we'll get a better idea when that happens. But your initial reactions, it's 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 one of those things where it's it's never usually as good and never quite as bad as you thought. There were so many games I left as a coach and I was like, oh man, you know uh, we struggled or that that wasn't good. I didn't like that. And you watch the film, like, hey, it wasn't that bad. Like okay that was pretty good and then we'd leave games like man we get fired on all cylinders i love that game we won 40 to zero we're so good and you go back and you watch the film and like well we missed an assignment there we missed an assignment there if we were playing a better football team those things wouldn't have worked out for us so i think that you just gotta wait you gotta wait and see and um sometimes it, it sometimes bad film is good because you get bad film and you're able to coach it up and from a coach you're excited about that now do you want your guys to go out and execute every single time perfectly yes is that realistic no Uh, So when you have those opportunities to make them better, you do it. And that's what I get excited about. I get excited about film. I get excited about these guys having the opportunity to get better because that's what it's about. That's what's going to pay off in week 16, week 17, and into the playoffs is these guys learning from those mistakes now and learning what weaknesses they have in their game that they need to continue to improve on. Mr. Corey says, Tarverius Moore can only get interceptions off other people's deflections. And I'm okay with that. If, every, if Samuel Womack's going to get deflections, Tarvarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley are going to deflect passes, and Tarvarius Moore has every interception off of deflections. That's more than we were getting from the other safeties that we've had playing. So I'm okay with that because I just want turnovers. Now, what's up, Ronald? Welcome to chat. It says, if the 49 are not able to run the ball this year, maybe Trey Lance will throw over 5,000 yards. Oh, man, if they're not able to run the football... They're going to absolutely load the box with, with guys and come after Trey Lance. I don't know. I, I, I worry about that. I think Trey Lance is going to have himself an okay season, but I think it is predicated on the run game getting going. Freddie MacJay says Moore isn't going to make the cut. He might not after this performance. Uh, Skewell is not hurt, but I don't think he's all the way back either. Um, I, it, it takes a long time to recover from some of those injuries, so even though he's back playing, he won't actually get back to full strength until next season. So I mean, Stu's not the player you saw in 2020. That just can't happen because of the injury. Eventually he'll get there, um, but the 49ers don't have time to wait for that, and and that and that really stinks. But they don't have time. Uh, you're competing right now. You're competing to be one of the best teams in the league, and you you know Kyle Shanahan told you know this crew that hey we he has a team that he feels like can go go win a Super Bowl. And uh, when you have those teams, you you just got to make sure you got the right guys out there. Wtm says, what do you think that deep ball trade through to Debo? Was it too short? It was a little underthrown. Of oh, the way Debo was working back a little bit uh, towards the football, I think actually if Debo would have tried harder to work back, he probably would have got a penalty because that corner was uh, fully shoulder to chest and he wouldn't have been able to, you know, stop his momentum. And I think Debo would have got the call. But it was a little underthrown. But it wasn't a lot. It's not like it was a bad throw. It wasn't a bad ball. It's just a little underthrown. Um, those are tough, you know. And him and Debo are working on timing. I think the, the more the season goes, the more timing and, and the better those balls are gonna get. Because really Trey's one of the better deep ball throwers I've seen in the in, in the entire league. So I think he'll be okay. But yeah, that definitely was. Let's see. Uh, Luke says Warner was a lock on most people's list to make the team, and I had Dwelly not making the team. That's why my arguments are Dwelly versus Croft. Yeah. Um, and had Dwelly not making the team. That's fine. Yeah, I had I have Charlie Warner. I didn't have any. I didn't have Charlie Warner as a lock, uh, but I thought it was really close to him being a lock, just because he's a guy that's under contract and they love his blocking. Um, but I did think the way that Kyle Shanahan said, you know, at, at um, the state of the, the state of the franchise, that they were going to push. You know, they brought guys in to push Charlie Warner and Ross Wylie. He didn't single them out. Warner started with the injury, and I think that did hurt him. But uh, they value his blocking so much. Uh, so much. Uh, Mr. Corey says, what in the world have you seen from Aaron Banks that makes you excited? Uh, consistency. I- I've seen consistency from Aaron Banks. You know what you didn't hear last week? They mentioned Aaron Banks. You know why? Because he only gave up one hurry. That's good. Uh, that's what you want from offensive linemen. You know everyone wants to see you know the, the offensive lineman pull and whack someone and knock them out of the frame and everyone gets excited about those big time blocks. Uh, I just want a guy that's going to do his job. And I think that over the first two weeks, Aaron Banks did a really good job of doing his job, and that gets me excited. That coast offensive line, and I know that's what it's about. It's about consistency, good reps, good reps, good reps. I don't want big-time plays and then a big-time miss. I want somebody that's going to go in there and get it done every single play. Is it flashy? No. Is it, is it exciting? No. Um, but this is kind of how Lakin Tomlinson started his career in San Francisco as well, with consistent play. And eventually he was just a consistent player that played at a Pro Bowl level. So oh, yeah, I mean that's that's what gets me excited. Uh, it's uh, you can call it the coaching me, whatever you want, but that's that's what I see. I don't I don't really I I love the big big blocks as much as anybody else. Um, but the same the same time, I was watching Spencer Burford's big time plays against Green Bay, and some of them were to the detriment of the offensive scheme. And so those things were like, okay, those are going to be coaching points that Chris Forster is going to have to get him on. You throw a guy to the ground and Aaron Banks is trying to pull, you just block the lane. Uh, now there's not a hole somewhere where he was supposed to be. So I, I think that you know a lot of times we get excited about those plays, but sometimes those exciting big time blocks are a detriment to your team. Now Poe is a different story. Uh, he 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 did his job, but that's why that's why I get excited about those guys. Hugo just says O line is a concern for sure. Uh, McGlinchy might have uh, the Ford syndrome. I hope not. I hope that's not the case. Um, I hope he's able to play because I'd be excited about it if he was able to play because he's still one of the best run blocking tackles in the league. But it makes me nervous that he has, you know, the knee irritation on the same leg that he had the injury. Uh, Luke says, if you believe we are Super Bowl bound, I do think Croft helps us more than Warner. If Kittle gets hurt, I, I think they uh, would like Warner, though. I think they love Warner's blocking ability. I don't know if we're Super Bowl bound. I do think we're playoff bound. And I think we have the opportunity, you know, to make something happen in the playoffs. I won't say Super Bowl bound for the near fact that I don't know what's going to happen with Trey Lance's consistency. I think he has all the capabilities to be a big-time quarterback. You know, but how is he going to fit in this offense, play in and play out? You know, How is this run game going to get going? I think those are the things that still need to be answered. Uh, but it seems like they have all the pieces and, you know all the pieces around Trey Lance for him to have a big year and for this offense to really go. So I'm excited about that proposition. Um, I do think that they have a little bit of that in them, though. Like, hey, we need to make sure we keep this guy to win. Uh, Kyle and John know that they need to win a Super Bowl here in the next couple of years. And if they have the opportunity to do it, you better believe they're going to go get it done because you don't have that many opportunities. They've already potentially missed out on two, 2019 and 2021, that they got so close to winning a Super Bowl, and I don't think they want to let that happen again. Uh, so they got work. David Campbell says 11 penalties. Hope they got that out of their system. Yes, and I do believe some of those penalties were very warranted. Um, I thought some of those penalties were were easy calls, and then I thought some of them were a, a little shady. I mean. Greg Jackson, one I wasn't a fan of. I wasn't a fan of the Samuel Womack uh, P.I. in the end zone. I thought those ones were two calls I didn't like. They also got another one on, um, I believe it was Spencer Burford, where they said that he got a holding call, where they said his hands were outside the framework. Not in the NFL, though, it wasn't outside the framework. The only reason they called is because the run went right up his hole, and he made a good block. But he had good positioning, and the defensive lineman uh, played it with bad technique. That shouldn't have been a call. That won't be a call in the regular season. But it's a point of emphasis for these refs right now in the preseason. Uh, They're trying to make sure that these guys understand what holding calls are. You know, what's holding, what's not. I think some of these things will go away. But uh, 11 penalties is never a good day. So you don't want that. And that will definitely be one thing Kyle Shanahan will get after these guys about. Because that's not fun at all. Um, And Ronald says, I think when we get Trent and Mike back, the O-line will just be fine. Uh, But more Mills, and McKibbitt's not that good. A little worried. I think. For, for yeah, I think Mills definitely has struggled. More struggled today. It was the second time we saw more. We didn't get to see him a whole lot in Green Bay, but I thought Mills over the last two weeks has definitely not made this football team. He hasn't looked good. But Kivitz had such a good training camp. Today wasn't his best performance. I'm hoping you know that he's going to be able to respond. Um, but yeah, getting getting Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey back would make this offensive line so much better. And then the questions are: Is it Spencer Burford, which he has played really well? Is it Spencer Burford or Daniel Brunskill? That decision could come forth still. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way. Um, But I think that's fair. You know, I think that's fair. Uh, some of these guys have underperformed. And then there's guys that have, you know, played well. I mean, besides today, Poe played really well. And I don't even know how bad he played today. I've seen a couple of mishaps. I've seen a couple of really good plays. You know, but once again, we didn't mention Nick Zakel. Does that mean he had a good game? But I think looking back on the film is going to be fun. I'm definitely going to rewatch uh, the TV broadcast just to watch the offensive line. And then once I get to the All-22 film, then I'll really break it down. But, I mean, it's, it's hard to evaluate when you're watching everything. And I was trying to watch the offensive line here and there, um, but also watch other positions as well. Tommy, said, Tommy with the $2 super chat says, More is rubbish, and skew is toilet. Oh, Tommy, I, I, you, you make me crack up, man. You really do. That's uh, freaking great. But thank you for the $2 super chat. I really, really appreciate it. And what's up, Rich? How's it going? Welcome to chat. Uh, always nice to see you. Brad Jones says Jimmy Ward's hamstring sounds really bad. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't see him until after the bye week, maybe around the same time with brett It's possible. You know, what I mean, actually, I had thought about this the other day. Um, almost came out with a video uh yesterday because I came up with an idea, but I'm gonna get after it a little bit later this week. I have an idea about how they can handle some of these things. Uh so yeah, and then uh what's up? Thanks so much to Luke Luna. For the $10 Super Chats and I enjoy hanging out with you. wish I lived closer so I could enjoy your company at events as always. Enjoyed your perspective and conversations. Wish we had this team last year. For sure, Trey will do well. Thank you so much, Luke. I wish you lived closer too. That would be really cool to be able to hang out, uh, shoot the breeze and everything. Always enjoy our conversations uh, because it's nice because we can throw things at each other. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes we don't, but we see each other's perspective, and I think that's The funnest part about these conversations why we do this, man. I mean, that's what's great about 49ers football is you can look at it from different perspectives. So it's great. And I'm glad you're doing good, Rich. I really am glad. Hope everyone and your fam is doing good. Portola says Kittle needs to show out this year. I think he's going to have the opportunity. You know, I I think right now there are some concerns because he hasn't really connected with Trey Lance so far in everyone's opinion. I've seen him make plays here and there. But he's talked about the fact they're working on their chemistry. The same thing that was going on with Debo Samuel. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's possible. And, and then, you know, I got to give credit right here to Mr. Corey. He says, "Aunt, remember who I told you and Alex was going to be the starter at right tackle. And you all said that was bold. You got to be bold sometimes, Mr. Corey. And if it happens and Daniel Brunskill ends up starting at right tackle, I will definitely shout you out because you are right. And I could not forget that. And we like bold around here. So if you go, wow, that's bold. That's great. As long as you own your bold takes, good and bad, we love it. So you're right about that. Brad says, I've already messaged a friend who is an Eagles fan asking how Tart's camp has been to see if there's a chance. Thank you, Brad, for doing the legwork. I really appreciate that. Let's find out. I might have to reach out. I worked with some Eagles guys last year. I might have to reach out to them as well. Like, hey, man, what's going on with Tart? Is there any chance we can get Tart back? I would definitely love to see Tart. Um... Back on this 49ers team especially now with jimmy ward's injury potentially lingering uh yeah so long time niner fences your o1 assessment will be appreciated uh thank you so much yeah I'm, i'll get into that for sure um and what's up paul because i do want to um take a look at the all 22 and really break it down i want to look at i i really enjoy looking i don't know how many people watch all 22 but i always enjoyed watching sideline view because as a coach, that was like the first views that I ever got to see was a sideline view. And I always appreciated it. It was press box from up top. And I would really watch. Um, and so I'm I love that view. For whatever reason, that view is the most comfortable for me. But the end zone cam de- definitely helps too uh with the offensive line. Cause you can see the alignment sometimes is a little bit different. So I'm I'm definitely accept- excited about it. Um, let's see. Rich says. I didn't get to watch the whole game, just second half. Remember, I told you about Womack possibly being a starter. You're right. Womack's going to probably start. I think he will. I think the only chance he doesn't is if Deometer Lenore overtakes him, which I don't think so. The fact that Womack was so involved, I think Womack's going to start. Uh, that means they could have potentially two starters from this rookie draft class and Samuel Womack um, and Spencer Burford. That's exciting. Uh, so, yeah, you're on that, Rich. Uh, WTM says, did I you get... Any targets tonight? No. Ayuk did not get any targets tonight. I th- Well, you know what? Well, I think the ball that, that was thrown in the ground by Trey Lance may have been for Ayuk, so it could have been one. Um, but yeah, it definitely wasn't there. Hugo G says, honestly, I think the 49ers can get the formula together, stop the run, and run the ball. Special teams upgraded, score 17 points, and hold them to 14. Formula is there. You're right. And that's, that might be what they need to do early on in the season. As this offense continues to gel, I think that defense and that run game can do it. Uh, I think I, would, I think they I think they can get it done. And you know, the first part of this season playing Chicago and Seattle could be exactly what the 49ers need, but they have to have it ramped up when they go against Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. And Lou says, "When did you say you would put your up your 53? I'm going to put it up on Sunday." Uh, so I have some stuff going on this weekend, but I'm going to get to it and make sure I get it up on Sunday so that way everyone can see, you know, what my predictions are for the 53. Will they be 100% right? no i mean there's just no way to get these things exactly right but um i'm gonna do my best and and we'll have you know a fun conversation about those opinions Mr. of course is tart is doing bad missed a lot of time out for personal reasons and rumors are he might get cut fingers crossed he does gotta love that uh ronald says this is the first time i joined the live chat with you guys love the cutback crew listen to every day while i deliver mail uh pleasure hanging out with you and all you got uh got a crash gotta go to work tomorrow well, thank you so much, Ronald, for jumping in. Your first time, really appreciate that. Uh, get some rest. Have a good day at work tomorrow. Um, always, always good having people jump on, and and that's exciting. Thank you, Ronald, for coming through. I really appreciate that because of all of you, we've meet, we've made it to three k, three k subscribers. Um, well, that's where we're working towards. Of course, our audio platforms have been uh, exploding and having all time listens, and then now on YouTube we've hit three k. So I'm really appreciative of everyone that's been helping out and joining in uh, on chats as well. We did a Zoom hangout yesterday on Patreon. That was fantastic as well. Got to hang out with Uncle Rob and, uh, you know, David Campbell and 49ers George 365. It was really fun. So uh, it's always fun to get to talk to the 49ers Cutback crew and all the faithful. So thanks so much, Ronald, for coming through. Uh, Luke says, I've been saying Brunskill either wins the center job or he keeps his other job. Burford was looking better and better, though, but regular season will make uh, make him look different. He's definitely not out of the running. Uh, Daniel Brunskill is very, con- very consistent. I actually liked uh, Brad Graham from the SF Niners put up. It was like almost like the bat signal and it had Brunskill on it. I thought that was fantastic. Well played there. Uh, we need, you know, needing Daniel Brunskill after watching the O-line. I thought that was good. A uh, long time defense. Eagles do need a running back. Miles Sanders hurting. Uh, could there be a trade? I mean, maybe. You never know. You have a surplus at one position. You need a, a position of help. You just never want to count that out. Brad Jones said, I thought Mitch had another good game with flipping the field. So Mitch Wisnowski has been a shining star through this preseason. He's done a very good job. He would have had one uh, where he pinned him inside the five-yard line if it wasn't for a little bit of bad uh, coverage from the punt team. So I'm guaranteed Brian Snyder going to get on those guys and work that out. And uh, T- Tabor Pepper was not happy because he went to flip the ball back away from the end zone, and they got batted into the end zone. So I think they're going to you know, continue to work on that. But yeah, Wisnowski's look fantastic. Paul says, hoping the refs will call the neck hook that Bosa enters. Uh, constantly, I don't think they will. That's actually not considered holding according to the NFL uh, rulebook. And as long as that's not considered holding, I think they're not going to call it. It's a it's it's a wonder that more offensive linemen don't continue to use that technique on a lot of players. And the reason they use it on Bosa is he's just not as tall as some of the other guys. Uh, Luke says I'm part of a few crews, but Cutback was my home podcast. Thank you so much, Luke. Yeah, you've been a day one. I mean, been around for the whole time, and I really appreciate that. Always good when you come through. It just uh it just makes it fun. And I love that. 95-7, long time night fan says 95-7 had a nice interview with Nick's father, John. He admits he gets plenty pissed at the non-calls and holding against Nick. He gets a ton. Uh, he gets an absolute ton, and I, I do not blame him. Mr. Corey says Mr. Corey's gonna go ahead and he's gonna predict the offensive line with Trent Williams at left tackle, Banks at left guard. Center Jake Brendel, right guard Spencer Burford, and right tackle Daniel Brunskill. Uh, that's what he's rolling with. He thinks those are the guys that it's going to be. Maybe it will be those guys. Um, who knows? It, it, it could be. Uh, Brunskill would not surprise me if Mc, if McGlenchy's going to be out. Um, so it, it could definitely happen. And I wanted to say, everyone, thank you so much for coming through the reaction show. I had a really good time talking to all of you guys. Uh, it was fun. I'm looking forward to the rest of the week. Of course, we're going to have content coming out about the 53. And then once film gets out, I'll put some film breakdowns over here on YouTube. I'm going to try to put some on Patreon as well. Hope everyone enjoyed, uh, you know, at least watching some players have good performances. But now, you know, the news is going to be who's going to make this 53. Thank you all for coming through. I will definitely catch you guys on the next one. Stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers.